For New England Public Radio News, I'm Susan Kaplan. Changes in communication technologies could mean the end of libraries as we know them, or does it? Hampshire College opened in 1970, heralding academic innovation. Library director Jennifer Gunter King says school founders wanted everything reinvented, including the library. The understanding in 1969 was that information was being created in multiple formats. So a library for the future would not just be a book repository. Books are the core, but just a piece of the library. Today, bolstered by a $1.2 million grant from the Mellon Foundation, Hampshire's retooling the library again. And it's not alone. Many libraries are getting 21st century makeovers. Kara Pinto's a librarian at Mount Holyoke College. I met her there in the library, so we kept our voices down. That's still the rule, even in this age of declining book circulation, Google Scholar, and, well, Google Books. Something else that hasn't changed, most people's perception of the slightly old-fashioned L-word, librarian. Pinto says that includes her childhood, librarian. She did have a cardigan. She did have a bun. She was very quiet. And there's a sort of peaceable quality to that, that, you know, this woman is caretaking the books and the books will always be available to you and you can always come back. And I think that's something that is comforting to people. But I also think it's not really uh, an accurate representation of what librarians look like and the kind of work that we actually do. So there really does seem to be a difference with when people typically first get introduced to librarians, let's say in elementary school, even middle school and high school, and then when they get to college. There's this sort of moment where they realize, oh, I can't find everything I need for this paper on Google, or I'm really running up against the limits of Wikipedia. So helping students toggle between the resources that are available on the open web for them to freely use, and then the whole range of things that are behind our sort of scholarly paywall of what information is, what data is, what knowledge is, and how they can be active participants in knowledge production. Having said that, apparently some schools of library or library science or whatever that you could tell me what they used to be called are taking the word library out of their name? Yeah, that's been that's been a trend for some places, but I think what's really sad about that is that there's like the library heritage of what we've done with books and how we've disseminated books and collected books and scholarly materials and then sort of saying it's all information so I'm I'm a librarian and information professional but I strongly identify with being a librarian I think that has a very particular value set for me that I think may not be as easily revealed than saying I'm an information professional. Sometimes it feels to me like information professional can sound a lot like knowledge worker. So we are sitting here in a room of books, clearly, at the Mount Holyoke Library. And I took a picture when I was walking in here of the book return. You know, the almost looks like a giant garbage can. And I thought, are kids going to even know what that means, book return, soon? They do. I think when students begin to use books, they really like to read them. I think a lot of students have said anecdotally, I print what I need to really concentrate on out because that's when it feels like real work. And I think a lot of students really enjoy using print for those reasons. It feels tangible and they can sort of work with it in a different way than if it's just sort of an entry on their computer to read. They love to print. That's Mount Holyoke College's very proud to be a librarian, Cara Pinto. For New England Public Radio News, I'm Susan Kaplan.